Welcome to the End of Days Conference hosted by Rhema Family Church in February 2016. Our guest speaker is Reverend Joseph Morris. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Man, I can hardly stand it. I love that song. I love songs about Jesus. I love songs to magnify Him, to honor Him. It's the most proper thing we can do on a Monday night to gather together to honor Him. We've gathered to lift Him up. We've gathered to magnify Him. We've gathered to, to praise the wonderful name of Jesus. Jesus, thank you for your name. <laughs> Hallelujah. Man, oh man, you know, His name means miracle. He shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. When you say Jesus, you're saying divine intervention in the ordinary course of nature. It's a suspension of the accustomed order. You know, if someone has cancer, you say, put the name of Jesus on it. It's a suspension of the accustomed order. Isn't that cool? His name means miracle. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Everybody glad they came? Come on, shake off the world for a minute. Shake the world off. I can feel it. Shake all that stuff off that was on you all day. I can feel it coming in the room. Just get rid of it. Let's focus on Him. These songs are the best songs we can ever sing. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We, we honor You. We magnify You. We worship You. We're so grateful You died for us. Man, I wish I could sing. <laughs> if I could sing, I could really mess some things up right now. Couldn't I? Praise the Lord. Didn't they do a great job? Didn't they do wonderful? Give them a hand. Praise the Lord. You know, it's uh, the, 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 the different graces on people, just amazing. You can be seated. Uh, I think of Annalisa, I haven't got to be around her since she's a little pup. And then while she's singing, I had a word for her. You know, uh, you watch, there'll be a, um, gosh, it's really weird how God's changed things, how he shows you. It'll be almost like an iPad. And this is so hilarious. <laughs> it's like, a, um, you know when you're going to do, like on your phone, when you're going to clear it off of all the stuff? Also on your iPad, it comes up like that. You watch the next few years, it'll almost be like there'll be a screen after screen after screen. And each one of those screens will be different venues for your life. You can, it's, all, it's amazing. You can almost pick which one you want. You know how some people are so afraid about missing God that there's like, well, there's only one exact thing to do? You'll have all these screens, and the Lord will go, you know what, which one burns in your heart the most? And you watch. As you pick that, all of a sudden, the will of God will accelerate for your life. And, you, and there'll be utterance. There'll be, there'll be power. There'll be, there'll be uh, obviously, gifts of the Spirit. But almost be like you're speaking from another place, another world. And you'll back away from that and go, that was one of those slides I pulled out of that, <laughs> out of that uh, iPad. And it was a venue God showed me, and I chose it. And you watch, the will of God will be intensified. It will be accompanied with the presence of God. It will be accompanied with great joy. You have to have zero fear of missing Him, for you'll not miss Him. For you'll do exactly what He called you to do. Amen. And there'll be great rejoicing. Amen. Amen. Be cool. Amen. Bless you, bless you. Man, that's weird to see it like a... Uh, 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 anyway, he just, he just loves you. He wants to bless you. He wants to help you. Yeah, you know, we've gotten into so much. It's uh, uh, so much to get into this morning. We got into a little bit about the rapture of the church. What a great thing that's going to happen for all of us. We're going to be caught up. How cool is that? Aren't you excited about that? Man, I'm excited about uh, never gaining weight again. I'm excited about, number one, seeing Jesus face to face. You know the old song, you know, the, about I want to see Jesus who died for me. I think I might sing that song. Amen. It's sure a treat to be in a church where you are, are pushing through the norm to, to have extra meetings. You know, the climate now is to tone back and have less meetings, but it's just good that we gather all the more as we see the day approaching. So we'll get right into the Word tonight, and uh, let's pray, and then we'll do maybe a couple minutes of review. Anybody here that hasn't been here at any of the other services at all, just wave your hand. Don't be embarrassed. Oh, good, good. So glad you came. Thanks for coming. And if you're a visitor, make sure you come back and hear Pastor Tony and Pastor Patsy. Don't, don't judge the church on a traveling guy. Always come back several times. I know the meal that they, they offer as their taproot, you get a good mix of word and spirit, but you also get uh, two people that were around Kenneth Hagin, probably closer than anybody on the planet, and I can't think of any taproot I'd want better than that, because Brother Hagin's stable, stability, 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 last day voice, gifts of the spirit, keeps people out of the ditch, amen, it's just cool, and normal. Normal's good. I like normal. The further you go, I was at that conference. It sure was good. Man, oh man, I was just blessed at that conference in America. But there's, there's something about the destiny on this church. There's something about uh, uh, as we come in, as a traveling guy, I sniff it out when I come into a different church. I, do I smell uh, unbelief? Do I, do I smell righteousness? Do I smell contention? Do I smell a bold call? I, I smell an apostle's call on this church to build and to plant and to do things that some other churches, they, they're... 
Every church is called to do different things. So don't get in, you know, if, if you're a pastor of a different church, that's all right. They have a, an unusual call to, to, uh, um, to father, that's the word for it, and to gather and to, and to help uh, this last day, facilitate the last day move of God. It's really cool. And I like what comes with this really radical grace that really mentally it's hard to even understand. Amen. Well, that went over real good. Good night, everybody. Drive safely. <laughs> Glad you came tonight. All right, let's pray, and we'll get right into the Word. Lord, we love you. We're so grateful everyone came tonight. Father, bless them. Bless their households. Thank you. Their jobs are blessed. Everything they set their hand to would prosper. You said in Psalms that their leaf would not wither, nor would it fade, so they don't even have a down season. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you that we're redeemed from the curse of the law. And Father, we look to the word tonight, the richness of your holy written word that we found out through your word that Jesus died for us. And we thank you for him giving his life. Thank you for raising him from the dead. And Father, we know the commission you've given the church to represent you in the earth. We thank you for a wholehearted representation of the resurrection through the believer. May the believer be a walking witness of the goodness and the mercy and the kindness of Jesus. Jesus, we want to see you. We don't want to see religion. We don't want to see tradition. We want to see the resurrected king through the church of the living God. Help us. Help us represent you as we ought in your style and your fashion. Your fashion is mercy, kindness, power, miracles, every facet of you, Jesus. We thank you for it. And Lord, as we get into these truths tonight, thank you for revelation. Thank you for insight, supernatural insight, Father, to your plan. We thank you for it. We expect it, Father. Holy Spirit, thank you for visiting us tonight. Thank you for blessing us with your presence. We reverence you, Spirit of the living God. Thank you for being the manifester of the Trinity. I thank you for honoring Jesus. Help us magnify the Son of God as we ought in this room. Jesus, receive the honor. Do your name in this room. We thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' wonderful name. And everybody said amen. Mm. Grab your Bibles and uh, just turn wherever you think y'all turn. Once again, we'll see if you're flowing. Praise the Lord. No, go to 2 Peter if you would. We're going to get into the next step. Go to 2 Peter chapter 1. This morning, I'll give you just a couple minutes of review. We won't turn to, uh, to Luke, but in Luke 21, we've talked about, Jesus said, the generation that sees Israel made a nation and Jerusalem won back, he said that generation will not pass away to all fulfilled. Those are pretty bold statements. We talked about the Six-Day War in 1967 when Jerusalem was won back. Now, remember Jesus saying this. He said, if you see those two events... Uh, you're the generation. But it's cool. We got more events. We talk about it all the time. We talk about the Hebrew language being restored in our lifetime. That's a miracle. We talk about the Ethiopian Jews being brought back in one day. Miracle. We talk about the fertility of the land of Israel. Talk about the revival of the Roman Empire. We've talked about the Temple Mount Institute. We've talked about the uh, 172 different species of predatory birds. <laughs> We've talked about uh, the blood red moons on Passover and Tabernacles. Pretty amazing to have it in a row like that. He's signaling, I died for you, I'm coming back. So all these things are markers, they're signals, they're signs. They're to get people aware of when they're living. He doesn't give you signs and signals just to go, isn't that cool, what a great sign that is. No, it's so that we react and respond in kind. If you're on the freeway and you're wanting to get a cheeseburger at McDonald's and you got eight kilometers, you know you got eight kilometers to get to your exit, and then all of a sudden you got seven kilometers, then you got six kilometers, you don't freak out and go, I'm never going to get my cheeseburger. No, you know you're getting closer to McDonald's. So all of a sudden you're getting closer to your exit when you get to that kilometer. So the signs are to show you you're getting close to your exit. So there's an anticipation. Uh, there's an anticipation. I'm almost there. There should be a heavenly anticipation in the church. So we're about to have the rapture of the church. I think we have a little bit of time left, not a lot. You would not believe the emails that I get for saying that on the weekly end of day's update. Because I say we have a little bit of time. People are just mad. Well, I can't help it if I think we have a little bit of time. But when I say a little bit of time, it ain't much time. So we, we have a, a great destiny to finish off the church age in Book of Acts style. So this morning we got into the rapture of the church, the catching away of the saints. Enoch was raptured, Elijah was raptured, uh, Jesus was raptured, and we shall be raptured. We shall be changed. This mortal will put on immortality, and uh, the stain of Adam will leave this, this flesh, and will get us a brand new body, and uh, we'll go and live with him forever. And the Bible says to comfort one another. So the preaching on the coming of the Lord brings comfort. If you hear preaching on the coming of the Lord, and it doesn't produce peace or comfort for you, it's not Bible. Because there is no bad news for the church. 
Now, for the world, it's scary, man. I would not want to be living in the world right now because what's happening right now, you'd, you'd just be going, dear Jesus, dig a hole and put you a can over and do whatever. But, well, thank God we have the truth. The truth sets you free. Isn't that right? So we're a victorious mentality. We're not a, not a, a, a whining mentality or a, a mentality of how we're going to get through this. No. And we're not looking for an escape because we have dominion and we are blessed now. But we do have an appointment. And that's the reward seat of Christ. And that's what I, preach, what I want to get into tonight and preach on tonight is what is your next appointment after the rapture of the church? Tomorrow morning we'll get into the tribulation period a little bit more. We'll get into some of the, the seals, some of the trumpets, some of the vials or bowls. And then we'll get into the second coming, the glorious time when he comes back as the king of kings and lord of lords uh, but tonight we'll get to this appointment i just want to say this i hear this coming to me you know some people think the world's coming to an end the world's not coming to an end jesus is going to come back and save the world he's going to come back and stop war at that second coming pretty amazing that he stops war now the earth will be renovated but it's going to be the same you need to look up that word just like when you renovate a house you don't demolish the house you just improve the house he's going to keep the same earth but he's going to renovate it and so here we will the world will be here forever look it up in in the old testament in 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 hebrew it means perpetual generations eternal there'll be natural perpetual generations on the earth forever and if you come back tomorrow night i'll prove that <laughs> i'll give you scripture and verse you know some people i preach on end times overseas you know uh, I, for years i preached on gifts of the spirit and then i started coming to preaching on end times because they couldn't get hilton sutton or anybody else so they'd send crazy uncle joe so i had to learn it you know what i'm saying so jonathan alturco was the one that first made me do it almost 30 years ago you're going to come preach on end times i go i am not so he made me do like a 20 service thing on end times and i put it in a bag and it was just to force me to get into this. But two things he said don't be misinformed about. Number one, gifts of the Spirit. Number two, coming of the Lord. Why? Right before the coming of the Lord. He wants us uh, accurately and acute spiritually. Aware. Aware of spiritual things so that we can be utilized. Amen? So we're, we're there. We're there. This is it. So in the, in, the, in the schools in Europe, you know, I got to go be at your school in Palermo, then in Virginia, and then, uh, and then in uh, Singapore. And in Germany especially, it's hilarious preaching on end times because the Germans will go, we'll have question and answers. Well, you said so-and-so. I mean, they're just pretty hardcore. And I've learned a wonderful word in German. It's das ist peinlich. This is embarrassing for me. It's my favorite word in German. <laughs> uh, so das ist, das ist sehr peinlich. This is very embarrassing for me. But the Germans will go, you said so-and-so. Go, whoa, 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 whoa. No, I didn't say so-and-so the bible says so-and-so so i can be extremely bold because i got scripture to back it up so you can be real assured tonight and tomorrow everything we get into i may not understand everything about end times but when you can, when you group it all together it makes absolute flawless perfect sense and that's what we want to do so that it brings blessing to us joy to us and strength to us remember he never told you to be strong he said be strong in the lord and the power of his might amen so we have a whole different animal working in us a whole different thought pattern work working in us and that's god almighty uh, both the will and to do of his good pleasure in the believer expect the absolute most wild unexpected things right here before jesus comes i mean out of the box unusual radical biblical of course amen scriptural but radical amen all right, go to 2 Peter, and we'll start here. 2 Peter chapter 1, if you've got your Bibles there, it's page 292, if you've got a Bible like mine. So run with me there to 2 Peter. I'm going to edit just a little bit. Let's start with verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and of our Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Isn't that something? Hear about Jesus, you get grace and peace multiplied. Not added, multiplied. Coming to church tonight, you're going to have grace and peace multiplied to you. See, the Lord doesn't do things like everybody else. He multiplies things. So then he says so many wonderful things, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that's called you to glory and virtue whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Man, there's just so much good here, but I want to skip down. He tells you to add some elements to your faith, uh, some radicalness to your faith, boldness, lack of caution. First thing he told you to add to your faith was a lack of caution. In the world we live in right now, everybody goes, tone it down, don't offend anybody. First thing he told you to add to your faith was a lack of caution. That went over real good. Good night, everybody. Drive safely. <laughs> so here, 
Peter, by the Holy Ghost, is giving us some stuff, so let's get into it. So then he says in verse 7, uh, and uh, adding to your faith, godliness, brotherly kindness, and his brotherly kindness, charity, or love. Look at verse 8. For if these things be in you and abound, they'll make you that you're neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said if you add these elements to your faith, it will make you productive. If you look up that word, it means barren unproductive. You add these elements to your faith, you'll automatically be a producer. Because that's what we want right at the end, of the end of the church age. I want to be productive for the Lord. Why? Because we'll get to it in a minute. We're going to get to the reward seat of Christ. So watch what happens here in the next verse. Verse number 9. But he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off. What I'm going to preach on tonight is to get you to see afar off. He that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off. Interesting. And hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Get ready. Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and your election sure. And if you do these things, you will never fall. Wouldn't it be something in 2016 we could add something to our faith that would make sure we never fall? It would make our calling and our election sure or stable. That if I don't see you for 20 years or 30 years, I know you hadn't missed a beat. Nothing has phased you. You're finishing your course. It would, that'd be kind of good, wouldn't it? So watch what he says here. I like the next part. He goes on from there and says in verse 11, For so an entrance shall be ministered or served to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now Peter here, he's talking about, if you keep reading, he said, I must shortly put off my tabernacle. So he's trying to tell them some things they can do to have a triumphant entrance. Because I don't know about you, Jesus is your entrance, he gets you in there, but there's still something you can do to have a triumphant entrance. I don't want to get to heaven and go, holy cow, I made it. I want to get to heaven and go, I'm here. I've done the will of God. I don't want to be scared when I get there. I want to go, in the very last days of the church age, I was running my race. Peter is talking about, you have the ability to keep your election, to keep your calling sure or stable. And then he said, you won't even fall. I'm quoting Bible right there. And then he said, an entrance could be served to you. Woo, hallelujah. Abundant entrance into the everlasting kingdom. I talk about my dad. We were talking about my dad today. He was a rank sinner all his life. Mock God. Curse God. And he got saved on his deathbed. You know, uh, you came down there and saw him in the hospital there in Louisiana. He, uh, right after he had a stroke, I went into the intensive care and I said, Dad, it's time for you to get saved. He got saved, you know. And uh, so he was never, he died right after that. He was alive for a little while in the hospital, but went home to be with the Lord. Uh, didn't know anything about the Word. You know, he barely slid in. You talk about sliding in. He never was able to do anything. What we're talking about today, I know exactly what my dad's doing in heaven right now. He's making the rounds to every single person up there. Sorry, 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 sorry. He did not have a triumphant entrance. He had an entrance, but it wasn't triumphant. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God that he could live like the devil his whole life, curse God, mock God, and all of a sudden at that last moment, turn his heart and call on the name of the Lord. Thank God for his mercy. Well, I guarantee you he didn't have a triumphant entrance. He had one of those entrances like, oh, I'm here. And, and he's still, he's, I could imagine what he was like. My crazy wife, my mother, actually was correct about praying over the kiddos. He'd take me to bars, and, and my mom would take me to meetings. 1970, we went to so many meetings. Listen to this. This will give you a good blessing. We went to so many Kenneth Copeland meetings in 1974. All the meetings we'd go to after the service, we'd go out to eat, and there'd be Brother Copeland at the, the restaurant. We'd never bother him. You know, Brother Copeland back then was a little bit sterner than he is now. He's kind of softened a little bit, you know. And we went to so many Copeland meetings and, and Brother Hagen meetings. I really didn't want to hear the word when I was a kid, but I'd do anything to get out of school. If mom said Brother Hagin was preaching in Pittsburgh, mom, let's go to Pittsburgh. If Brother Hagin was preaching in Seattle, let's go to Seattle. But, so we went all over the country. I'd do anything to get out of school, but that word will get in you. We went to see me, Brother Copeland, and he's in Little Rock, Arkansas, 1974, in the lobby of this hotel. He walked up to my mother and I. He goes, hey, I see you guys at all my meetings. I want to introduce myself to you, and I want to give you my new book, Laws of Prosperity. And brought glory over there. I, and now back then, Brother Copeland did not do that. You know what I'm saying? He's so soft and so sweet. Now, back then, it's kind of, like, what are you doing in my service? You know what I mean? Just, just rough and gruff. So my dad would take me to bars, my mom would take me to meetings. And in spite of my dad doing that, he, he had an entrance because of Jesus' mercy. He had an entrance because of the blood of Jesus. But it wasn't triumphant. 
But let me tell you what, there's some things you can do to assure that when, you, when we leave this planet, when we're raptured, you have a triumphant entrance like Peter's talking about here. So let's get into it. Go over to 1 Timothy. You got your Bibles there. It's good to have your Bibles. Remember, a uh, 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 dirty Bible, clean Christians. Good to write in your Bible. Clean Bible, dirty Christian. Well, that went over real good. <laughs> Look at your neighbor's Bible. If it's spotless, watch out. Here we go. Watch out. All right, go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. <laughs> Look at 1 Timothy chapter 6 for just a minute, and we're going to get closer to what we're going to land on. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Look over there at verse number... It's page 264 if you've got a Bible like mine. 1 Timothy 6, verse 11. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto you're called. And you've professed a good profession before many witnesses. And he says some cool stuff, but we'll, we'll just read it. Because I give you charge in the sight of God, who quickeneth all things before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate, he witnessed a good confession. Watch this. This is about us. That you keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, all the way into the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. You don't hear this commandment preached very much. <laughs> that you keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, so no one could go, hey, you hadn't done so-and-so. This is a pretty big deal. Without spot, unrebukable, to where no one could rebuke you. Now, what is that commandment? Well, watch what he says. Let's go a little further. This is all good because it's leading up to something that's really fun. So there's so much cool stuff there. Let's go to verse 17. Charge them that are rich in this world, that, be, that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. He says here you can do something in this life to lay hold on eternal life. And he tells you what it is, is to be rich in good works. Okay? Now, uh... I know that just made everyone want to shout and just go ballistic, so just please calm down for a minute. Let me finish. <laughs> no, he's telling us here, you can be rich in good works. Now, we found out that the blood of Jesus gets us saved, gets us there, and then our group kind of calmed down and said, well, feed me, feed me, feed me, but don't ask me to do anything. And it's not that Jesus is desperate, but he just wants you to, to have some, an abundant entrance. He wants you to have something that's eternal. He said, if you don't do these things, you're blind. You can't see afar off. I can see afar off tonight. I'm going to live with him forever. I'm going to live with him for a billion years. So I'm going to make this little vapor that we have right now count for eternity. You come back tomorrow, we're going to get into the millennium because you're writing your resume for what you're doing during the millennium. You're writing your resume. Okay, so here he says, be rich in good works. Now think about it. Think about John Wesley. What did he leave his wife when he went home to be with the Lord? He left her a real cool preaching robe, kind of from England, you know, left her a few pound notes of money. Oh yeah, left her something else too. What did he leave her? The Methodist church. I preached in the middle of nowhere in Russia, come across this hill, there was a concrete bunker. I thought, man, there's a bomb shelter right there. What in the world is that? They said, that's a Methodist church. All because John Wesley said, give me 10 men that hate sin and love God, and I will change the world. I guarantee you, when you get to heaven, you'll know who John Wesley is. You'll, he, I guarantee you, he'll have a triumphant entrance. Amen. So we're talking about, Peter said, if you do this, you'll have a triumphant entrance. Here Paul saying in Timothy, be rich in good works. What does it do? It lets you lay hold on eternal life. I'm not living for right now, I'm living for eternity. Come on, you're, we get fulfillment in this life, but just let me just tell you, you're passing through. You ain't home. You remember the old preacher that was preaching over in South Africa years ago? He had started about 500 churches. Remember what a great minister he was? And he'd been away from his family and suffering over there and starting churches and just laboring. He takes his ship back to uh, America, and he was coming into the Miami Harbor, and they had a big jazz band there that was meeting some actor that had been on a safari. And the preacher kind of got a little feeling sorry for himself. He said, Lord, I've been over here away from my family, been doing all this, and here uh, uh, there's nobody here to meet me, and this guy's been on a safari, and you got a whole jazz band with a ticker tape parade uh, greeting a, a, an actor that's been on a safari. He said, how come there's nobody here to meet me? The Lord says, don't worry, it's because you're not home yet. Come on, we're, we're blessed now, but my friend, you're not home. You're just passing through. You're an ambassador from another land. And Paul says here, you can lay hold on eternal life. 
So watch what Paul says again. Go over to 1 Corinthians, and let's buzz over there for a minute. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and let's get into this next appointment. Because we're, we're so close to the rapture of the church, this should be hammered into us what our next appointment is. How many of you had a job interview? If you're going to go in for your job interview, just go in completely blind and go, I know nothing about the company, but I just wanted to come in and ask if I could work for you. you know? If you're going to go apply for a job, you try to find out what the company's like, what, 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 kind, of, what kind of vein they're in, so that when you go in for your, your interview, you don't just go in, Woo! Good to be with you! No, you don't do that. You find out who the president is, what their, ta- their thought pattern is. You don't go in blind. The church should not be raptured blind. It should be well aware of what their future is. It should be well thinking about, this is my future. I'm going to be caught up, but I'm going to something called the reward seat of Christ. Okay, the next event for your life, the Bible calls it the judgment seat of Christ. That's a mistranslation. In the Greek, it's the word bema, B-E-M-A. means reward seat. He wants to reward you. He wants to bless you. Notice how Lucifer's turned that around. You better watch it. You're going to go to the judgment seat of Christ to receive all those things that you've done, whether good or bad. But you need to keep reading because that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about God can't wait to see you to bless you and reward you. Everything you've done with the proper motive, you'll have a reminder of it in the next life. Every time you open the door for somebody, every time you do something kind for somebody, isn't it wonderful? He takes note of what you do right, but doesn't take note of what you do wrong. It couldn't get any cooler than that. Too good to be true. So go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Skip down to verse 7, and we'll start there. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Your next appointment. Look at verse number uh, 7. He says, oh, look at verse 6. I've planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. It's amazing how we think, well, if I could plant or if I could water, then I'd get happy. In other words, we always see, if I could just do that job, then I'll be satisfied. No, it doesn't matter what job you do. God's going to give the increase. And now he says, so neither, (laughs) this is really, lets the air out of your sails right here. So neither is he that planteth anything, neither is he that watereth, but God gives the increase. You know, because we want it to be real zippy and whatever. And he's like, hey, it don't matter. God's going to give the increase. Verse 8. Now he that planteth and he that watereth, they're one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Now, I don't like that word. I thought, why in the world would you put that word in there, labor? I would have thought, you know, every man will receive his own reward according to his own fun. Woohoo! That word labor is just not a cool word. But your rewards are going to be indicative or equal to your labor but let's go a little further it's all good news just run with me verse 9 for we are laborers together with God you're God's husbandry you're God's building according to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder I've laid the foundation another build their poem but let every man take heed how he builds for other foundation can no man lay that is laid which is Jesus Christ now get ready for verse 12 here we go this is the reward seat of Christ if any man build upon this foundation gold silver Precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble. Every man's work, circle the word work. Every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work. Circle the word work. It'll try every man's work of what sort it is or how valuable it is. Verse 14, if any man's work, circle the word work. If any man's work abide which he built thereupon, he'll receive a reward. Look at verse 15. If any man's work, circle the word work. If any man's work shall be burned, he himself shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved yet as by fire. This, this judgment or this examination is not a bad examination. This is called the reward seat. Everything you did for the wrong motive is going to be wood, hay, and stubble. Everything that you did for the proper motive is going to be gold, silver, and precious stones. Remember, wood, hay, and stubble is all above the ground. It's what people see you do. You probably won't get a reward for it. Gold, silver, and precious stones are the hidden things of the heart. <laughs> Gold's your devotional life. How much you tell the Lord, I love you? Not necessarily my name's Jimmy, I can't call you Gimme, but Lord, I love you. It's your devotion, amen? So the, the gold is your devotional life. What is silver? The tongue of the just is of choice silver. Your words either encourage or discourage. 
What are the stones? The priest would go into the presence of God, not for himself, he'd go in for the people. He would, he would bear on his chest to pray for those people. It's the hidden things that you do like that you'll get a reward for. But I tell you what, you don't want to go to the, uh, the reward seat. I said it this morning. You don't want to go up there on the beam and all of a sudden the angels go, back up! Here, com- here comes a fire like you ain't never seen before. God, woof, what in the world was that? You don't want people going, did you see that fire? <laughs> what was that? You don't want a lot of wood, hay, and stubble. Come on. You want the proper motives so that when that fire hits, isn't it wonderful though? Things that you even did for the wrong motive is going to be toast right there. But the things that you did for the proper motive, you're going to adorn yourself with gold and silver and precious stones. And it's just like in the Olympics. You see a great big old weightlifter maybe from Russia. He gets up there and he does the deadlift, you know, and he's, he's taking 500 pounds and goes like that and puts it up. All of a sudden he wins maybe a gold or a silver. He's not afraid to go to the bema, the podium. Could you imagine being afraid to go up there? They go, we want to give you a gold medal. Oh, I couldn't do that. Oh, gosh, no. No, all the training and him, him, him cleaning, jerking the weight he did, he's going to go up on that podium. What's so cool? All of a sudden, they'll unveil his flag from the nation he's from. They'll play the national anthem, and he got to represent his nation, and all of a sudden, they're going to put something on him called gold, silver, or bronze. My friend, after you're raptured, you're going to go to the reward seat of Christ, and everything you ever did with the proper motive, you're going to stand on that diocese right there and all of a sudden this fire is going to hit your life and everything you did with the right motive all of a sudden is just going to be purified and glorified on you and man you're going to look around on your body and go check that out I got some gold here got some silver here I got even a few things to give my Lord at the marriage supper I got some gifts to give him part of my life is represented by what I'm adorning myself in and I'll tell you what you'll be clothed in the next dispensation indicative to what you did in this dispensation oh come on now you're the robes you wear and what you're adorned with you'll be able to look at people in the next dispensation check that out they did the will of god you won't be jealous you won't go check that i wish i had a robe like that no you'll go look wow look at that robe and i said it this morning you know uh, in the military I, you know i fly almost every week somewhere and it's interesting seeing military guys come on the plane and whatever, and you'll see maybe a, a private, you may see a sergeant, you may see a captain. All of a sudden, a general comes on there or something, or a captain, you see those, those badges right there, you see those badges of valor, and you see those stars right there. He doesn't have to tell you he's faithful. You know he's faithful. He didn't go, guess what? I'm a captain. I was faithful. I did what they told me to do. No, his uniform preaches for him. Man, I saw that guy portray us up there in America. All, he had so many badges on his chest, you couldn't even fit them on his uniform. His uniform preached for him. You want to make sure during the, during the millennium you don't wear a Speedo bathing suit. You don't want to be walking around people going, aha, <laughs> did nothing during the church age, huh? <laughs> you think I'm kidding? You think I'm kidding? If I'm wrong, you mock me all the whole thousand years. Come up, nah, 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 Joe, you're wrong. No, you will adorn yourself in your faithfulness. The Bible says, they that be wise will shine like the firmament. So we want to be wise, we want to be smart, that we're planning for the future. So what's cool, let's look at this, skip over, there's, man, there's so much you could get into all that, but skip over to Ephesians for just a second, run over there with me. How many still glad you came tonight? Amen, praise the Lord. Look at Ephesians chapter, chapter 4, and this is the cool part, the cool part is, you know, we were, we were talking about this earlier. You get, if God's called you to be a real estate agent, you get the same reward as Kenneth Hagin. If God's called you to be a plumber, you, doing whatever the Lord told you to do, that's success. I remember one time I was in downtown Tulsa years ago. I was going to Ramah. I was running tapes for the guy I was working for, the ministry I was working for. We used to have a two-tape duplicator. I'd take that duplicator to my house and run tapes all night because he'd do meetings and I couldn't physically run enough tapes. So I was working another job in downtown, and I remember driving up to this one, it's called the Mid-Continent Tower, really cool, tall office building in downtown Tulsa, and there were these really neat Jaguar cars there, and I said, man, that's success right there. The Lord said, that's not success. He said, doing whatever I tell you to do, that's success. So if God tells you to paint houses, and you're faithful, you get the exact same reward as Billy Graham. I need to come out and say this, but I'll walk all the way out here. If God told you to cut hair and you do it wholeheartedly and you do it with the right attitude, you'll get the same reward as John Wesley. You say, what did you do while you're on the church, during the church age? Well, I was, a, I was a barber, and then all of a sudden you show up at the reward seat and you're glowing. Check that out. That guy must have been, must have been Reinhard Bonnke. No, he cut, cut hair for a living. See, so, so we have it so messed up sometimes how we equate success. Success is doing whatever Jesus told you to do. 
with mercy, with kindness, with goodness, with grace. So let's go a little further. <laughs> go to Ephesians. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Run over there for just a minute there. You know this so well, but I just want to buzz through some things for a minute that will just strengthen you and bless you. Ephesians chapter 4, look at verse 11. Oh, look at verse 7. Look at one of the verses. Just pick out one you like. Amen. <laughs> now let's go to Ephesians 4. Look at verse 7. It's pretty cool here in verse 7. But unto every one of us, just a few special people know, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So he tells you to, to, to do these good things and, and have a great uh, uh, reward seat time and have a glorious time there at the reward seat of Christ. Then all of a sudden he tells you, you've got an engine in you pushing you. There, there's, there's something in you both willing to do his good pleasure on the inside of you. If you're born again, man, that motor's running all the time. It's going, hey, let's help people. Let's serve. Let's do whatever we can to do the will of God. It's there. We, we oftentimes are so conscious of the flesh that we don't know that motor's running. You slow down just a little bit, pray in tongues a little bit, that motor starts pumping out information. Lay hands on the sick. Help in the church. It's just there. So watch. Let's go a little further. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. And it's so good, all that stuff. But skip down to verse 11. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. What? For the perfecting of the saints for the work. For the perfecting of the saints for the work. For the perfecting of the saints for the work. For the perfecting of the saints for the work. For the perfecting of the saints to get fed. No. For the perfecting of the saints for the work. What's going to be analyzed right after you're raptured? Your work. So God called gift ministries in the, in the body of Christ. My daughter goes, Dad, do you have to scream at everybody? Is it necessary? It's necessary! I do have a helmet with a siren on it, but I didn't bring it. Because Joel said, sound an alarm. I'm going to start getting Roman candles while I preach because people will never forget it. I just think it'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Like, my God, while he's preaching, he, he lit Roman candles. Well, you didn't forget it, did you? Here, he said he's given gift ministries for what? Why do we hear preaching from different offices? It's to perfect us for the work of the ministry so that we're not naked in the next dispensation. <laughs> Let's go a little further. That's not my personality. My, person, my personality is not to get in someone's face. Something comes on me to go, how many messages do you have to hear before you get off your butt and do something for God? That went over real good. Can I hear my try safely? <laughs> no, I mean, that's the deal. How, how much do I have to hear? Do I, do, oh, oh, give me one more message. Really? You need more word? Woo, come on. That'd be like giving me 575 cheeseburgers and not move and go, I think I might ought to move. How many cheeseburgers do you have? I had 1,000. Today? Yeah, today. Feed me, feed me, feed me. Now, wouldn't that be ridiculous? You had a thousand cheeseburgers today? The body of Christ has had hundreds of thousands of heavenly pizzas, and we just want more pizza, which I love pizza. But anyway, we, we need to get, get mobilized with all the food we have. So let's go a little further. Man, I know that doesn't go over real good, but I'm, I, that's just the way it goes. Let's go down to verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, get this, unto a perfect man. That word perfect is not mature. It's the word wholehearted. We get preached to so that we're not half-hearted. We're whole-hearted. In other words, Paul, the Lord told Abraham, walk before me and be thou perfect. And he's like, what? What are you talking about? He said, hey, if I say you're going to have a son, you're going to have a son. Because Abraham was blowing him off. God was like, don't blow me off. If I say you're going to be the father of many nations, you're going to be the father of many nations. So every time we hear from heaven, you can either respond by going, yeah, whatever, or you can respond by, man, I'm going to get wholehearted about this. Job, wholehearted in all his ways. Noah, wholehearted in all his ways. He's looking for wholehearted people. Paul was pretty wholehearted, but he was killing Christians. <laughs> I mean, Paul was like, he was supernaturally wholehearted. If I got letters here, you talk about Jesus, I'll kill you. So he's on the road to Damascus. All of a sudden, Jesus appears, brighter than the noonday sun. Wow. What's the first thing Paul said to him? Did, did Paul do the chicken and the swan? No, he didn't do the chicken and the swan. What would what what, what the Lord say to him? Paul said this to Jesus. Lord, what would you have me to do? It wasn't just feed me, it's what would you have me to do? Now, this is good news for all of us. We have a little bit of time left right before the rapture that we can accelerate the pace. We can do some things that all of a sudden we got something's going to last forever. My friend, when you get to your house in heaven, there's going to be badges on your wall, just like children's church. You're going to walk in and go like this and go whack and hit it and go, wow, look at that. I served in my church. There's going to be badges there. You go, check that out, just like children's church. Now, I think of a friend of mine. Hang with me just a little bit, because I'm almost closing. Just give me a little bit more. Just give a little bit more time. 
what's that guy say? What does it mean when he's closing? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I'm serious. I, want, I don't like to go long because I want you to come back. Remember John Osteen said, he who preaches short should be heard again. Because I have been in the meeting when Jesus had left the building and the preacher didn't know it. <laughs> You've been there. We've all been there thousands of times. The preacher's just, dun, 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 and the Lord's like, I'll see you later. I, I'm gone. I had a friend of mine, and he was a, a, a young man in a church out in West Texas, and uh, his uncle was the pastor, you know, and, and, and he needed some help in children's church. So he's wanting to call on some volunteers, you know. So the uncle's up there going, I, I need the, the pastor of the church because I need some volunteers to come back and help with children's church. And, you know, we all want to be in the service. We all want to hear the word. So everybody's like, I don't want to go back there and help. And he actually said we need some, some, some guys to go back and corral the kids. And I always just say duct tape's all you need. But anyway, he, he needs somebody to actually physically go back there, you know. And so he kept, kept doing the call, doing the call, doing the call. Nobody would go back there. Nobody would go. So the nephew knew that his uncle was going to make him. So the nephew goes like this. At the back of the church, he goes, okay, here we go. He raises his hand because he knew his uncle was going to make him. You know how family is. Like, okay, nobody's offered. All right, buddy, you're going back there. So the nephew goes, okay, I'll go. He goes back and starts working with the kids and actually ended up enjoying it. And this is what he said. He said, if I'm stuck with this, this is my lot. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to be wholehearted. You know what he did? He said, all right, okay, if this is what I got to do, which there's no glamour, no glory in this, if this is what I got to do, I'm going to start busting kids from all over the place. He started busting kids from all over West Texas, this little church out there in the middle of nowhere. It's so in the middle of nowhere that that's where America makes all their nuclear weapons because if one was to go off, it wouldn't even hurt anybody. I mean, it's the middle of nowhere. He started busting kids from all over out in West Texas. You know who that person is I'm talking about? Willie George. He's probably best known all over the world for his children's church curriculum. How do you get called into the ministry? Woo! Oh, oh I sense that. Mm, oh, I feel it. Mm, mm, no. He didn't do the chicken and the swan. He knew if he didn't raise his hand, his uncle was going to call on him. Think about it. You know what Ministries Magazine said about 10 years ago? They said, who's had more people saved in our generation? I under, first of all, thought Billy Graham. Second of all, thought Reinhard Bonnke. Uh, third, I, I thought maybe T.L. Osborne. No, guess who's had more people born again in our generation? Willie George. From being in a little bitty church out in the middle of nowhere, and he thought, that's my lot in life to help the kids? That's a pretty good lot in life. But he mixed that wholeheartedness with it. And that's what God's looking for. Let the Word get us right before we're raptured so that we mix some wholeheartedness to it, so that we just do whatever that God's called us to do. How many of you, uh, turn over to Hebrews, turn over to Hebrews real quick, and i got, I got to close. Turn to Hebrews chapter 13. How many of you ever thought you were born with, from your parents just to do yard work? <laughs> Didn't you ever think that? I pretty much thought my mom and dad plotted to have me just to be a worker there. You know what I'm saying? I knew it, because my mother loved flower beds, and I hated flower beds. And she's like, okay, we're going to do flower beds and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, man. So when I went to Bible school, I started working for this minister in uh, 1980. And uh, he was, I was doing different things. Actually, his phone was sent to my home, and I was answering the calls for him. And I had this thought. He was in Africa or somewhere. I ought to go check on his house, you know. So I go over to check on his house, and his grass was like this high. I thought, oh, my God, what seed did I sow to reap this? Because I hate this stuff, you know what I'm saying? So, okay, oh, yeah, here we go. So I mowed his grass and got his, the, the edge all trimmed up, you know, got the grass off the sidewalk. And they, he and his wife came back from Africa where it was. I said, man, this looks so cool. Why don't we do flower beds? I said, of course, let's do flower beds. Yeah, let's do it. Yellow. So the very thing that I loathe, the very thing I can't stand, God's going to have me do for years to get ready for the ministry. I didn't want to preach. I didn't want to be a preacher, but I wanted to help those ministers. Never wanted to preach. They, they'd try to get me to do the announcements, so I'd take off running. Seriously, take off running. And I had so many people tell me, don't try to do this for a living. I had score after score after score of people, oh, God, don't try to do this for a living. I said, I, I get it. Don't worry. <laughs> but you know what? God will probably have you do some things you may not like just to put your flesh under. You know what I'm saying? Because if we got to do exactly everything that was so slick and so cool, what's the reward in that? There's no, there's no, there's, come on. So go, go to Hebrews. Go to Hebrews 13. That went over real good. Here we go. No, skip back to Titus. I'm going to give you two verses. We're going to close, I promise. It's, eight, it's 10 after 8. I've gone a long time. Go back to Titus. It's right before Hebrews. You've got Titus, Titus, Titus. Find Titus, Titus, Titus. It's good to have a lot of Bible. Good to have a lot of Word. Titus chapter 2. This is really cool. I want you to get this. Titus chapter 2, verse 12 
teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Look at this next verse. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Zealous of good works. Look at the next one. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. He said, don't let anybody despise you. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. So looking unto him, what did he tell us to do? He, he, he redeemed a group of people that are zealous of good works. So we have a season now. You can, you can read over in Hebrews. There's more about that. In conjunction with the coming of the Lord, he has the thought pattern for us to hustle for him. In conjunction with the coming of the Lord, he has a thought pattern for us to accomplish things right before he comes. This is the last runners of the race. So he's expecting a little bit more of a push out of us. So we're blessed. We're privileged, aren't we? You know, years ago, I'm, I'm closing right now. I, there's a bunch more of the verse we could go to, but hang with me. I'm closing, 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 closing. Coming into the, coming into the uh, what do you call it, runway? <laughs> We're on, turning down, 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 down leg or whatever. Years ago, I was in this meeting, with the, actually with the minister I worked for uh, years ago. And I was in this camp meeting. We were, having, we were having a great time. I was kind of the morning speaker. He was the night speaker. This is 1992. And uh, there was going to be a luncheon for all these ministers to come to hear this pastor friend of mine that was doing the meetings with me. And uh, all these preachers were coming from all over. It was really fun. And I, I went back to the hotel after I finished preaching that morning, and I was coming back for the luncheon for my buddy to preach. And as I was coming back to the luncheon, I came back into the church. Man, you could smell the barbecue. It smelled so good. I thought, man, this luncheon is going to be really good. All of a sudden, here comes a vision. All of a sudden, uh, in this vision, uh, I, I see a pastor that I've been to his church. I'm in the back of a boat. This is kind of weird. Remember in the Old Covenant, the Bible says, Elisha, went not my heart with you? When you join yourself to the chariot, I'm in the back of this ski boat watching this pastor friend of mine ski. He's slaloming. He's cutting a rug, man. He's doing a really good job. I grew up on the lake, and I'm like, wow, man, he's cutting like that, cut like that. He's going around the buoys real good. And then I heard that friend of mine that was going to preach at the, at the luncheon, heard him preach out of Hebrews chapter 12, laying aside every weight and every sin which would so easily beset you. And I thought, wow, that's wild. This guy's going to maybe try to help this guy with his skiing or something. I didn't know. I said, I ain't saying nothing, Lord. I'm just there to eat the barbecue and, and you know, support my buddy. So my buddy got up and started preaching out of Hebrews 12 about laying aside every weight and every sin. I went, holy cow. I had a word of wisdom about that. He's preaching on I heard him preach on what he preached on before he preached on it. That was a word of wisdom. So he finished, and I thought, I won't do anything. And then the pastor of that church said, hey, Joe, you got something. And reluctantly, I got up and said, well, you know, the Lord didn't do this. Thus saith the Lord, you've been skiing too much. You're not supposed to be skiing. No, the Lord wants to encourage that brother. So I said, okay. I said, we've all got things we might need to lay aside, you know, that may not necessarily be bad. We just put it ahead of our call. Am I in the right room? So I said, hey, let's consecrate and dedicate. And I said, let's bow our heads for a minute and let's just see what the Lord wants to tell us. And I'll never forget this. I bowed my head and closed my eyes. You know what the Lord said to me? He said, never apologize for your message. He rebuked me. It was sweet, but it was a rebuke, you know. So we finished, uh, finished that rural consecration dedication. I'm checking that pastor out. I'm watching him while we're doing it to see if he's going along with it. The guy I saw on the back of the boat while he's skiing. So I'm watching him. He was going along with it. Nice guy. Real good brother. So afterwards, man, I made a beeline for him. I went right up to him. I finished his finished sprint. I said, hey, buddy, how's it going? How's it going? After the luncheon, you know, I said, hey, you've been water skiing lately? He goes, oh, man, I've been too busy. I thought, well, you know, I could miss it. That was a vision, you know. Even though I didn't have pizza, I could have missed it. Um, and so uh, we got loaded up in the van to go back to the hotel, and I told the guy I worked for, I said, hey, man, I had a vision about you before you preached. I said, I saw this pastor uh, slaloming uh, uh, behind the boat, and I heard you preach out of Hebrews 12, laying aside every weight and every sin, which was so easy. I said, nah, 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 I heard you preach what you're going to preach before you preached it. And he freaked out. He grabbed his mustache like this, started grabbing his mustache like, oh, my God. He said, I walked up to that pastor and asked him to come to the meeting tonight. He said, oh, I can't come to the meeting tonight. I'm going into town to get me a brand new water ski. And the guy on his staff punched him and said, man, didn't you hear what the Lord was trying to say to us today? Maybe you should lay aside some of your skiing. He goes, oh, man, Jesus would have to appear to me before I'd lay aside my skiing. Now, see, he completely missed it. Jesus didn't want him to stop skiing. Jesus wants him to ski better than everybody on the planet. Listen, Jesus wants him to water ski like the coolest water skier you've ever seen where everybody in the world goes, I ain't never seen anybody water ski like that. But just don't put it ahead of your call. If all you're thinking about is water skiing instead of your call, things are out of order. 
Now, 50 years ago, I bet the Lord wouldn't have gone to so much trouble. Number one, he tried with the word. Number two, gifts of the Spirit. Number three, with somebody on the guy's staff. But Jesus knows we're so near stepping into eternity. Don't put water skiing ahead of your call. God wants you to water ski. He wants you to be the best water skier. But if that's all you're thinking about, something's not right. Now, I love golf. I mean, I even have the Lord help me with my golf swing. I'll get up there and I'll go, okay, Lord, you've got you to fix this. And he'll go, tuck your right elbow. He's helping me. But, but if I'm getting up to preach and I'm thinking about my golf swing, something's out of order. Because I love golf. But Jesus is way more important than my golf swing. See, that golf swing wasn't very good. See, i got to work on that. i got a lot of work to do. Help me, Jesus. Why am I saying this? How much time do we have before the head of the church comes over the banister and yells, come up hither, come up to the throne of God? I want to make sure the time that we have left, I'm not focusing on my water skiing, which I, if you're water he's, he, see, don't take that wrong. People get in the ditch. Enjoy life and enjoy your sports, but just don't get it out of order. Because most people don't have time to come to church because they're so busy with activities. Well, that goes over real good. Good night, everybody. Drive safely. I'll, I'll do like I did this morning. I'll preach from the back room. No, come on. I've done it. I've done it here. I've gone out in the parking lot and preached most churches because I can say something I can tell they don't like. I'll go, well, if you don't want to hear me, I'll find somebody out there who wants to hear me. I've done it a thousand times. And that makes people uncomfortable. That's all right. It's good to get needled a little bit. How close do we have to get to the rapture of the church before we make some changes in our lives? Put Jesus first. The payoff is just absolutely over the top, which you'll be skiing forever. A billion years from now, you'll be, I believe you'll have the buoys, you'll have the ski, you'll have the great slalom ski that you like. Maybe you're doing wakeboarding, I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe you're wakeboarding, maybe you're, you're snow skiing, whatever. Eternity. So let's, let's hustle now for Jesus. He loves you so much. He loves you so much, he wants to warn you. <laughs> he really does. He goes, time's short. It's not a bad warning. It's a wonderful warning because you know what? He wants to adorn you with medals all over you. Wouldn't it be cool after that reward seat to go check that out? What would be said of all of us? We, the, the, the church at Brisbane, all of a sudden we come through the reward seat to go, did you see all that gold and silver? I'd like it to be said to go check that out. They were wholehearted. They gave it their all. People will look at it and go, man, they're adorning themselves and wearing that faithfulness forever. And we'll thump each other during the morning. Did you see that? Wow, that's awesome. Did you see that? Wow, that's awesome. They made their life count. They made their life count. Let's make our life count so that we have that abundant entrance. Jesus is your entrance, but let's do something to, to make it worthy for you and I. He loves you so much, wants to bless you so much, wants to strengthen you so much. I can't say that enough. I might say it in Hebrew. I would if I could. Can't, so I ain't. <laughs> he loves you, loves you, loves you. Let's do this before we dismiss. You know, I... Uh, I, uh, I want you to just think about your life. What brought you to here right now? Who prayed for you? Who got you to be in a church on Monday night? Somebody prayed for you. Somewhere you made the right decisions to be in church on Monday night. And let the Holy Ghost deal with you for a couple minutes about what your next step is. We kind of did that the other night, but I kind of want to do it again. Let Him speak to you. So let's just take a minute. It's 8.16. I didn't preach for all night, but let's stop in just a moment. But before we dismiss, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, we love you. We, we, we recognize the importance of the hour that we're about to be caught up. So we bow our heads and we close our, our eyes and we, we take this moment to let, let you speak to us. How can we run our race faster? How can we help our local church? Father, how can we serve? What could we do? How can we put our hand to something? Show this congregation how much you want to reward them and how much you want to bless them. Let them see in their spirit tonight how blessed you are with their life. Let them see tonight how blessed you are with their obedience. I thank you for it. We thank you for such revelation. We thank you for such insight. We thank you for a strength in our spirit to do the will of God. We thank you for it, Father. We give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. We bless your wonderful name. We bless your wonderful name. Be magnified in this house tonight, Jesus. In our hearts and our souls, we, we lean into you, Jesus. We, we press into you. We love you, Lord. We're here on Monday night, Lord. We, you know we, we love you. We're, we're, we're telling you how much we love you by being here. 
So we thank you for such new direction, such new insight, for the perfect will of God for all of our lives. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. Hallelujah. Amen and amen and amen. You know, it's a, it's a joyous thing. It's not a sad thing. Joyous. Just like the Olympics. You're, run, you're, you're training and, man, you get to be in the Olympics and all of a sudden you get, get medals. Wow. How cool is that? Eternal. Eternal medals. Wow. Just put that in your pipe. Come on. Eternal medals. Hey, let me give you a couple of... Uh, 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 invitations here before we dismiss. Maybe you're here tonight and you've never asked Jesus into your heart. You say, what do you mean? I've been going to church all my life or whatever. Well, there's a lot of people that know about the Lord, know about God, but have never actually asked Jesus into their heart. It's not complicated. You're just accepting His works. We can't fulfill the law. We're not perfect enough, but He did for you. So when you accept Him, you're going, okay, Lord, I take your works because you're flawless. Because God's flawless and, and He wants to redeem you. He, he paid the price for Adam's sin. So maybe you're here tonight and you've never done that before at all. Maybe you want to do it tonight. I won't embarrass you, but let's pray this prayer together. And then I have another invitation after that. Let's pray this prayer all together as a church. And let's mean it from our hearts. Father, we thank you. That was pretty weak. Let's say that again. Father, we thank you for Jesus dying for us. We accept you tonight, Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart to live forever. Thank you for dying for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Isn't that amazing? You can ask him into your heart and you have eternal life just like that. Wow. If you did that, make sure you come up and talk to one of the folks up here at the end of the service and, and they'll be glad to probably help you out on your new journey. One more invitation. You say you're here and you're, you're saved. You've asked Jesus into your heart but you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, they got baptized in the Holy Ghost. They, Jesus said you, you're to be endued with power from on high. Maybe you're here and you've never done that. Let's do it tonight. You, you need it, man. Just it's, There's something about the transformation. I remember when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, it's almost like a magnifying glass jumped off the pages to magnify Jesus. All of a sudden, things I didn't understand, it just instantly understood it. It just shocked me how good it was. If you're here and you've never done that, you want to do it tonight, I want you to lift your hand up. Real bold, say, that's me. Good for you, dude. That's awesome. You want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Wonderful. Who else? Good for you, sis. Awesome. Good, good, good. A man and a lady. Good, good, good. Who else? Thanks, buddy. Amen. Who else wants to join those two? You want to be filled with the Holy Spirit tonight. Amen. I'm going to take it a second. We're going to dismiss, and they'll pray with you here in a second. You'll be instantly filled. Instantly. Who else wants to get baptized with those two? Don't want to miss anybody. Amen. Good for you, sis. Awesome. How cool is that? Good, good, good. There's three. Who else wants to join those three? Amen. We'll take it in a minute. It's the biggest transformation outside of getting saved. Might as well get it before we're raptured and just enjoy it. It's, it's your, your horsepower, heavenly power. Who else wants to join those three? I'm going to take it a second. Amen, amen. He loves you, loves you, loves you, loves you. And there's no pressure. If you don't do it tonight, do it whenever you want. It doesn't matter. Seriously, it makes no difference. Zero pressure. If you don't want to do it tonight, do it some other night. No, no big deal. He just loves you. Make a memory, February of 2016, and get filled with the Holy Ghost. How cool is that? Anyone else want to join those three to get baptized? All right. Praise the Lord. Thank you for coming. Praise God. Someone you've had damage in your jaw. Your jaw is being healed. Move your jaw around. Watch that. Don't see if your jaw is healed. See, see that it is healed. <laughs> amen. Amen, 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 amen. Someone you've had trouble with your scalp. The skin on your head being healed. Hmm. Man, that just settles right in my legs. You call that out? The power of God just comes all right down through my body. Dear Lord, wow. Whew. Wow, he's healing your skin. <laughs> Amen. Good to have healed skin. Hey, this other one is uh, the sack around your heart, uh, where your heart is. There's some kind of damage. Don't know what it is? It's called a word and all. It's not a paragraph. So you're, whatever that damage is, you're healed in Jesus' name. Amen. This other one. Forgot the name of it, it just came to me, carpal tunnel syndrome. You got this damage going up into your wrist like this, up into your arm like that. Start moving your hand like that. Don't see if you're healed, see that you are healed. Amen. Amen, amen. And this other one, uh, common, your tailbone. You might I don't know if you fell or something, or whatever happened to the base of your spine. Yeah, I told you the other night, I've had weird words of knowledge. Sorry, I just do. I have bizarre words of knowledge. 
I remember in, in Dothan, Alabama, I had a word of knowledge, someone stern them, you know? No one came down. The Lord says to that guy right back there, I said, hey, buddy, is she right back there? He goes, yeah, I was lifting weights, dropped the bar right there on my sternum. He was a bouncer for a bar. And even though he was an in, a, in a bouncer in a bar, got his sternum healed. Newtown, Connecticut, uh, 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 Fredericks. Uh, uh, what's their name? Fredericks, Pastor Fredericks. I said, there's somebody here, you, you, uh, uh, you got cancer in your prostate. Called it out, nobody came down. The Lord says, that man right there, I says, you. He goes, yeah, I just got diagnosed. Birthed in Colorado. So there's a man here, he's in a car wreck. The Lord won't see you. Nobody came down. I said, I don't have time to do it like this, but were you in a car wreck? Were you in a car wreck? Were you in a car wreck? And I was asking everybody. The Lord says, that guy right there, I said, hey, it's you. He goes, that's right. I was in the car wreck last week. I could tell you 500 stories where the Lord loved them so much, he went out and got them. I was in Corbin, Kentucky. Every single word of knowledge I had, I went out and found them. And you know what the pastor said afterwards? He said, every single one of them were visitors. The Lord's so sweet. He went out and re reached out to the visitors that have never been in a service like that. Every word I called out, I said, well, I'll show you who it is, this guy right here. And he goes, that's right. I did that one time in Marietta, California. I, I had a vision. I saw the damage in someone's calf. And I said, there's someone here. You got damaged in your calf. It looks like varicose veins was not varicose veins. This guy goes, damn. He cussed really loud right there in church. He screamed a cuss word. I was like, he goes, that's me. Because I said, it's almost like he got hit by two before. He goes, that's me. I'm going in for surgery. There were some PGA Tour players there that had come to the meeting. This guy cusses in church and gets healed. I moved from Tulsa to that church. I'd see him. I'd go, hey, buddy, how you doing? He goes, I'm healed. I go, I remember you cussing in church so loud everybody could hear it. The whole church laughed. It's his mercy endures forever. Let's thank him for his mercy before we go. Lord, we thank you for your mercy. 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 We magnify your mercy tonight, Lord. We're so looking for your return. King of kings and Lord of lords. We magnify your mercy. We magnify your goodness. <laughs> Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be my King. I magnify you, Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords. Father, thank you for blessing this congregation. Everyone that came tonight, strengthen them, Lord. Bless them. Bless their households. I thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you were blessed and encouraged by this teaching and are freshly excited about our Savior's imminent return and how we should be living in anticipation of this blessed hope. For more information on Rama Family Church or to partner with us in producing more resources like this, please visit rhema.org.au.